Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. Listen, it's Brandy. You guys know that. I am so excited for today's guest. So excited. I think this conversation is going to be so powerful. One of the goals that I have with this podcast is to help you as a person, as a whole person, because regardless of the specialty that you're in, regardless of how you help people, how you help patients, how you help clients, you are a person and you are facing the exact same stuff that everybody in the world is facing. Just because you help people doesn't mean that you're perfect. And Lisa is just a testament to that in the conversation that we've had. So Lisa Folden, who is amazing, 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 Dr. Lisa Folden, to make sure that I come correct with her credentials. <laughs> um, it's just, this was a, just a breath of fresh air. And so it's just giving us permission to show up as our authentic selves, which is so important, especially as a business owner, an entrepreneur, as a private practice owner, like we have to have permission to be our authentic selves because if not, then we're hiding and we're masking and that is a terrible place to be. So in this conversation, there's so many gems and you'll hear the word perfectionism. You'll hear the word about body image. You'll hear words about burnout. You'll hear words about everything that we face, high performance, discipline, being ambitious, all of these things that we can just succumb to just either on, in social media or just out in the world, right? In our everyday lives, talking to different people. And this conversation was, it was deep. It was very, very deep. Like I had goosebumps at one point in time. I'm having goosebumps even trying to tell you the powerfulness of this of this podcast episode. So I want to make sure that you listen to it if you don't hear anything else with the words that are coming out of my mouth. It's important for you to listen to this episode because I guarantee you're going to get something out of it. Um, so let me tell you about Lisa. So Dr. Folden is a native of Detroit, Michigan with a bachelor's of science and doc- doctorate of physical therapy from Grand Valley State University in Allendale, Michigan. Now a North Carolina licensed physical therapist and anti-diet health and body image coach, Dr. Folden has more than 15 years of experience in the health and wellness field. As a body positive, women's health expert in health at every size ambassador, Dr. Folden assists clients seeking healthier lifestyles. Her weight neutral approach encourages intuitive eating, body acceptance, and breaking up with toxic diet culture. Dr. Lisa is a mom of three, published author, and speaker whose goal is to see as many people as possible recovering from injury and living their best lives without ever worrying about their weight. I love Lisa. I've known Lisa for 
you know, over a year at this point in time. So I met her, had some opportunity to meet her last year through a community that I am part of here in Charlotte. And I'm telling you, like, she's just, she's, yeah, she, she is amazing. So go ahead, check out this episode. And I cannot wait to see what you get out of it. Hey, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today, CEO Conversations, and just talking to us all about the goodness when it comes to the wellness piece of moving our bodies, some of the diet piece of of things, and um, definitely making sure that we as business owners are set up for success when we think about our body image uh, specifically, too. So do you want to go ahead and maybe introduce yourself? I know I introduced you before the episode, but... Tell us a little bit more of the greatness of who you are, the amazingness about you and all the awesomeness and everything else. Too, so. Awesome. Well, take it away. Take it away. Thank you for having <laughs> me again. So excited to be here. I appreciate you. Uh, so what I do, I'm a licensed physical therapist and most people know physical therapy to be someone who helps with recovery from injuries, aches and pains, which is exactly what I do. Uh, but my practice has sort of taken a niche approach to Uh, physical therapy and healing as of the last three years. So uh, my practice is what we call weight inclusive, meaning that I work with people in all body sizes, shapes, types, Uh, specifically try to cater my practice to meet the needs of large bodied people because in the medical world, they are discriminated against um, and in the world in general. Mm -hmm. So my practice is weight inclusive. And then I also primarily work with people who are in eating disorder recovery. And so they've been very much impacted by toxic diet culture. And as an aside, I coach coach clients, um, so people who are not coming for physical therapy, I offer them uh, one-on-one or small group body image health and movement coaching that's from an anti-diet perspective so that they can work on being healthier and taking better care of themselves without all of that influence from icky, yucky diet culture. So I've been a physical therapist for 16 years uh, and counting, and I've had this private practice for 10 years in my niche has been sort of evolving over the last three years. And I'm, I really, really love it and love what I get to do and who I get to help. So I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I see clients in person and virtually. And in addition to all that, I'm a mom of three and of course, busy like the rest of us, but I feel very passionate about what I get to do. So at the very least, it doesn't feel like work. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I know a little bit, like before we even hit record, we were talking about when we think about physical therapy. And I know even for me, I'm guilty of this, where I'm like, oh, they're the person that I go to. Like I was running, like getting training for a half marathon. Mm -hmm. And I started to have like knee pain. And who do they send me to? You know, the physical therapist. And so when I started to learn more about what you do and how you help people, I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. And I know a lot of folks don't know that this type of care exists and that it can actually actually be done by a physical therapist and that it's definitely within your wheelhouse mm-hmm. of how you help people. I love what you're saying, even with like weight inclusive, yeah. because you're right. Like there's so much, like just so much out there about how we need to be smaller. We need to be mm-hmm. perfect. We need to look a certain way. And I think even to add a spin to this, even especially being, you know, black women Mm -hmm. and people of color, like we're really put into a box of trying to be a certain type of person in order to fit in. So Mm -hmm. 
thank you for doing this work. I appreciate you so much. Thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about just when you're like day to day, like how are you helping folks, especially to combat diet culture and to help them appreciate and love mm -hmm. themselves for the person that they are? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. So I try to do it in, in multiple venues and, and facets of my life. Like I, I live this work and that's why it's passion work and that's why it doesn't feel like work. So uh, primarily on my Instagram account, that's my social media platform of choice. And I spend a lot of time posting, you know, content, you know, relatable, funny, uh, but but digestible pieces of information to help sort of break down the weight stigma, the fat phobia, the diet culture, which it all stems from like, you know, white supremacy, patriarchy and capitalism. Right. So these are big words and big systems that aren't going anywhere anytime soon. But if I can give you little nuggets and ways to help you sort of begin to change the way that you think and look at certain things, um, then I feel like I'm doing my job. So uh, my, my social media is a major platform for that. But then day in and day out, I see clients. Um, I'm on a hybrid schedule. So I see clients in person half the week and the other half the week. I work with them virtually right here through the computer or phone. And it's a lot of energy. I call it emotional labor because we have been fed um, stories about what our bodies should and should not look like. And some of them were like very direct. Like some people tell me stories of parents saying to them like, oh, you're, you're putting on weight. We need to go on a diet. I have clients that told me their first diets were when they were eight years old and nine years old, which is insane that people are trying to make yeah. children diet, but that was a thing and still is. And then sometimes it's indirect. You know, if you notice when you're a kid or an adult and you walk into a store and there's magazines up, there's only thin people. And if there are larger body people, then they're saying something disgusting about them. When you watch a movie, the, the fatter person or the larger body person in the movie is the comedic relief. They're not the star. They're not the love interest. They're not the person being sought after. So we've been getting these messages since we were born, especially in the U.S., that if your body is larger, it is worse, less attractive, mm -hmm. less desirable, less healthy. And if you're smaller, then your body is better. And the issue with that is it's one, it's not true. <laughs> And two, Absolutely. yeah, because body diversity is a real thing. It's the same way I'm 4'11". I'm done growing, honey. This is it. This is all you're going to get. <laughs> I can't go to a salon and get stretched to be 5'7". This is never going to happen. Our bodies are supposed to be different, but we have been forced to believe that everyone should be seeking the center range on the BMI, which is a whole nother trash piece of, you know, information, yes. <laughs> but everyone has been forced to believe we should all be leaning toward this middle space. We should all be trying to get to this average. Mm -hmm. And that's really not how the world works. That's not how people work. That's not how genetics work. So I spend a lot of time coaching people and telling them some truth bombs that they don't even realize are a thing and helping them unlearn the things we've been brainwashed to believe our entire lives. It is no easy labor. Like I work with people for a minimum of six weeks up to a full year on some of these, mm -hmm. these things, these ideas we have to unlearn and change our minds about. And then we have to do the building, the building back up, break everything down, pull all the pieces apart, and then rebuild our self-esteem and improve our body image in the way that we see ourselves. And my biggest piece of advice to my clients is to remember that your value it as a human is not reliant upon how much you weigh, what size you are, even how much you can do. 
your value is inherent because you exist. You're here. Mm. You're enough. That's it. Everything mm-hmm. else is icing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I love what I do. I get to do this with people. And to, primarily I work with people who identify as women, but um, really everyone, because this is this is work that mm-hmm. affects all of us, even men, even though they may not be as inclined to speak about it. But working on improving the, your self-image, feeling better about yourself, it changes everything in your life. So, so that's what I get to do day in and day out. And then I have to bring it into practice in my own life because as many people, uh, you know, will, will explain when you come into work that is heart centered for you, you often have a personal story around it. And so I have to mm-hmm. lean into this work every single day and pour it into my children because, you know, there are things they need to learn so that they don't struggle in the ways that I did. So. Oh, I love this so much. I have goosebumps, like literally as you're talking and I, I, you know, what comes up for me is that God has created us in a place, like with all of our unique talents and gifts and our genetics and how we look and, you know, like it's all meant for like for a purpose, right? right? There's no accidents whatsoever. And you're right. Society has definitely put a spin on things and to make us, to, to make us feel bad about ourselves, Mm -hmm. to make us feel like we're not good enough. And so I just love, love, love the work that you're doing. Cause I think that this is such a powerful message for us to have a self of, or just come from a place of acceptance, right? Like just like we're, we're perfect the way that we are and in all of our imperfection. And so one of the things I know that folks, as they're listening to this, are going to think about, because even from a place of entrepreneurship, we were talking a little bit before, like entrepreneurship, high performance, self-discipline, being ambitious, you know, always having goals, like these big goals. And sometimes it can allow for us to want to show up in this place of, I have to make sure that I have this routine. I have to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, I have the perfect schedule. I have to make sure. And and there's a time and place for everything. I, I believe yeah. like having routines are good and having a, 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 you know, a productive schedule is good, but there's also too much of a good thing. Yeah. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on being, because you are a business owner, you have your own practice, you have a family, you have your, you know, you're a mom, like all the things, how... Like, what tips do you have for those who are listening? And also, how are you able to incorporate this? Uh, you know, some of like what your, you know, getting high on your own supply looks yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point and a great question, because I think that, you know, the fuel for diet culture, for uh, for the the mass message to be you're not enough, you need to fix this and do better. The fuel behind that is capitalism, right? If we can convince you that you're not good enough, you will always spend money to fix yourself. And the goalpost is forever moving because I know for me in my personal story, I will, you know, go on a diet, lose some weight and then be like, oh, that's not enough. I got to keep going <laughs> and then get tired, feel bad about myself, gain the weight back, repeat the cycle. The idea behind, you know, diet culture and because it's a multi-billion dollar industry, it's fueled by this idea for capitalism. Make people believe that they are not enough so that they keep working to do more and more and more to fix themselves. Same idea in business, (laughs) that same idea around perfectionism and go, go, go and no days off and never miss a Monday. You can take these same like boss babe quotes and they're the diet culture quotes. We just change a few words. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea that I sleep when I'm dead, (laughs) keep pushing, grind, grind, grind. You got to hustle. And it's like, whoa, you will hustle your life away on a diet or building Mm -hmm. a business at the end of the day. 
our our purpose on this earth, they're all different, right? Because we're all uniquely and individually made. But our purpose on this earth does not lie in simply doing more and more. We should be enjoying our lives at some point. We should be relishing in the successes and the progress. We should be vacationing. We should be self-caring daily. I tell my clients, I'm like, we wait for weekends and vacations when you need self-care every single day. With a 24-hour period going by and you haven't done something for you, we got to start over. You know, So it's important to understand that with success, with you know, positive change, you're right. There can be too much of a good thing. Too much of any good thing mm-hmm. is bad. It's just like broccoli is yep. great for you. But if you ate broccoli for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a year, <laughs> you would be sick <laughs> because our bodies need more. We need variety mm-hmm. in our lives, in our diets, in our movement practices, in all the parts of us. So it cannot be work, 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 grind, 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 and no resting. You know, we, I've seen people in person who look thin, stereotypically fit, and they don't sleep, they're smoking, they're drinking lots of stuff, and no judgment. At the end of the day, we all have our vices, but when we look at people and we think we can make a judgment about their level of health, that's one area where we go wrong. But also we don't understand the things that people are lacking in their routines and in their lifestyles, and we are praising them working so hard and being so strong and doing all-nighters, but none of that is feeding their soul. And it's really not feeding their body either. Mm-hmm. We get sick when we don't get enough sleep. We get sick when we're not drinking enough water. We get sick when we mm-hmm. are too high stressed because our businesses are killing us. You know what I mean? So there's, there's room yeah. to understand. I don't believe in balance because we just, we can't balance all the things, but we can create harmony with all the chaos mm-hmm. in our lives. And that's the idea, creating harmony in the ways that we eat, in the ways that we move, in the ways that we build our businesses, in the ways that we care for our families. You can't have just one thing. It has to be a collection of different options, and we have to find harmony to work through all of it. But too much of one thing is always going to be bad across the board. Yeah. Amen. 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 Preach, preach, preach. All the things. <laughs> this is so good. So good. Cause it's so, it is so true. I love the reference of broccoli because broccoli is, it's good. A good kale salad. Amazing. What? You know, it'll make you feel good in that moment. But if you're eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we get bored. We get bored. bored. And it doesn't and sustain so, us. That's the reality. No, it does not. <laughs> They're like, I'm hungry, you know, all day, (laughs) all day. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about just even just like the vacationing and the rest and the 24 hours. Like if you have not done, that's something I'm going to take away. If you have not done something for yourself within 24 hours, then that's a problem. And we need to look at it as a problem. And I believe that there's a time and place for us to put, like, we want to put in the work, but there's a time and place for it. And there should be hours. Like we have to have boundaries around our time. Mm. If our bodies are telling us we're tired, if our bodies are telling us that we need to take a break, take a break. You know, you deserve to take a break. This is a marathon. It is not a sprint regardless of everything that we're reading. But you know, the problem with that is we don't hear the signals from our bodies to take a break. That's so true. That is so true. We ignore them. You know how many people I'll be like, we'll be talking and they'll be like, you know what? I really got to pee. I haven't gone to the bathroom in 12 hours. We don't even listen to our body signals to use the bathroom to void. We miss our body signals for hunger. We completely dismiss our body signals for fullness. 
We dismiss mm-hmm. our body's need for rest because we're so consumed by what is in front of us and our tasks and our roles and our responsibilities. So the first step is learning how to hear those signals again, slowing down and quieting things. Because if we don't hear the signals, we can't address them. And that's what happens in those Very cases. True. Yeah. Yeah. We're consumed in like the email that we're reading or the notification on the phone or, you know, I got to go get my kid in like an hour. So let me go ahead and knock this out. And then you're going to go, you know, I'm just speaking from experience, like where I have an hour, I need to go get my son. So let me go get my son. But yeah, wait a minute, I'm sitting in the car, like holding my bladder because guess what? I hadn't, I hadn't gone to the bathroom. Like, so that is so, 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 so true. So true on so many levels. So when you think about just listening to the signals, I hear you saying, slow down. Mm be mindful of the signal. Do you have any additional tips to help folks out when they are in that space? Mm-hmm. So that way they can pay attention to, you know, what their body is telling them. Yeah, it, it really just um, centers around this idea of stopping and doing check-ins. So I have my clients check in throughout the day. And sometimes that means setting an alarm on their phones because their brain is not going to make them check in <laughs> because they're going to keep going on whatever task is before them. So even if it's every hour, every two hours, for some people, every three, but an alarm on your phone that says, how are you feeling? And it's stopping, taking a few deep breaths and doing a scan. I literally will have people sit and close their eyes, 30 seconds, close your eyes and just scan your body. What do you feel? Is something sore? Is something hurting? Is something itching? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Are you really hungry? Is your throat dry? Are you thirsty? Like just stop and check in the same way you would Check in with your newborn baby. You wouldn't ask him, right? You're assessing them all the time. Oh, is, oh the baby's wet. Oh, the baby's hungry. The, the same way you check in with a toddler. Are you good? Do you need to go potty? Do you need some food? That, do it for yourself. We stop babying ourselves mm. when we become adults because I guess, you know, it's just frowned upon. But you are still, that little baby is still exists inside of you. You still have to take care of her or him or them. Like, that is important. Like, you are are the you should be the most valuable player <laughs> on your team and if you're not taking care of yourself what do you have left to give to other people my favorite visual i'm going to do this on a stage one day cuz i think it, it's so cool i did it on a reel my favorite visual for self care is there is a pitcher of water i'm the pitcher or no i'm the big glass i'm the big glass of water and all the people and things i have to pour into are small glasses of water And so what I do is I go to my big pitcher or my faucet and I fill my big cup up and then I take my big cup and I pour it into all the things. And what happens when I'm done pouring? I'm back to being empty. So then I got to run back over to the source, my pitcher or my water faucet and fill up and do it over and over again. My favorite visual of self-care is one that does not require me to go empty to seek my my fuel. So instead of me running back and forth, what I do is establish the bottom level, the small cups, and then I put my cup on top of them. And then I take my faucet or my pitcher and I pour into me. And as I am filling up and overflowing, they fill up. And that is my idea about self-care. I'm forever full and it's my overflow that's pouring into these people around me. I'm not going empty every time I have to do something for someone else or my community or my children or my partner. I'm forever filling myself up. It is so much a part of my day. My gas tank never gets to eat. That's the goal. It's hard, right? Especially in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Women were definitely not conditioned to care for themselves in that way. We put ourselves completely last. But that is the narrative that I'm trying to change for me and my future and my children and their futures, because I don't want to have to go empty 
every time to fill up these other people mm -hmm. and, and manage all these other responsibilities. So, you know, so that's the idea, stopping and checking in with yourself, asking yourself what you need before you go give something to someone else. And then that way you're sustained and you can do all of the things that you were created and purposed to do. Yeah, I love it. I love that exercise. And I like I have it's a really great visual. I can actually I can see it. And we always do wait until we're on E or close to right. E. We're like just putting and putting and putting. And you know, like I've I remember like I've run out of gas before. And it's like you start to smell the yeah, you start to smell the fumes and you're like, Whoa. oh no, oh no, you're trying to like try to like pray, like please just let me get to get you know, get to the gas station. And then it's just like the 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 steering wheel stops moving and you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> You're just like, oh no, oh no. And so when we think about it from a person perspective, if we don't even allow for us to get to a place where we're smelling the gas fumes or, you know, starting to see us like just put, 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 and then the steering wheel goes, you know, lots. right. And then that's like so, so powerful. So I love that vision. I love that. I'm going to claim that you're going to do that one day on a stage. I can see it. I can see it. And then even like I can see participants like going to like even doing the exercise with you. Yeah. So I love that because it's such it, that's powerful. That's really, really powerful. So what are some other things that maybe we can do, like especially around even just the food that we eat or recognizing you talked about the stories that we tell ourselves about our bodies right. and how we view our bodies and just some of the things that, you know, just the, as most things in life, like some of the things that we've grown up with, how it's impacting us, you know, as adults, what are some additional things that maybe we can do to help ourselves out? Yeah. Well, the first thing I think is we have to recognize that diet culture is a thing that it exists and it impacts us. Right. So once we're aware of that, then we can start making some new decisions around how we manage the, the physical health side of our lives. I like when we talk about health, people get very narrow minded and they think about like, oh, exercise, diet, what am I doing for my body? And that is one facet, but it is one small facet. Our health is really, there's a whole pie chart and there's things like emotional health and spiritual health and you know mental health, which is huge. I would say probably the most important chunk of the pie is mental health, but then there's relational health, environmental uh, health and wellness. It's, there's so many other areas of our health that we need to consider, but when you're making, you know, physical health a focus and a priority, that's a wonderful thing. You know, I'm a part of the Health at Every Size community, which sort of gets a, uh, it's a misnomer for people and they don't understand what we do in that community. But this is, the idea is around loving and taking good care of yourself, regardless of the size, shape, and weight of your body and not making your goals around physical health be aesthetic based. And that's really what it is. What we see peddled from diet culture is about aesthetics. It's about snapping back after the baby, looking like you didn't have a baby, losing this weight or that weight, being thinner, showing more muscle tone. Those things are fine if those are your goals, but just know that those are aesthetics. They are not health goals. Because I, working in the eating disorder community, know that people will do very unhealthy things to obtain an aesthetic. And that's not health. You just look toned or fit, but it doesn't mean that you're healthy because we don't know what you did to get to that, that space. So I spend a lot of time teaching people like not to praise weight loss 
because we don't know how people lost weight and it might not have been for good reasons. What we can praise is consistency. Like, oh my gosh, you've been, you know, consistent with your running goals. Oh, wow. You've been, you can lift more than you were, you could last week. That is so cool. Oh, wow. I noticed like you're so flexible. And these are the same things that we can praise within ourselves. Like my flexibility is better. I can touch my toes without my back hurting. That's huge. My endurance is through the roof, y'all. I've been up and down the stairs 10 times today and I don't feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> like all of these things we can appreciate about improving our physical health and well-being that have nothing to do with the way our bodies look. So understanding that health and weight are not synonyms and aesthetic and health are not the same thing. You cannot look at a person, including yourself, and determine their level of health based on what they look like. You just can't. It's hard to tell that with their full medical chart, but you can't tell it by looking at someone. So when we get rid of some of these and confront some of these biases we have about larger bodies, even when we live in them, we can take better care of ourselves and be kinder to ourselves and others. And we can reduce the overall fat phobia and weight stigma that's present in our country. And we talk about food, you know, to be very clear, my education is not in dietetics or nutrition. I always yield to like anti-diet dietitians that have great knowledge and information about food science and how food impacts us on an individual level and a global level, but also an understanding that restriction is never healthy because it breeds binging. So every time people talk about getting healthier, doing better things, they come up with a list of stuff they can't eat anymore, can't have. That is, you might as well throw that in a fire because that is the thing, those are the things you're gonna want every day moving forward. Restriction literally leads to us binging out on things because now it's the food or whatever, the cookie, the cake, it's this God that we can never touch, but we want to. It's the tree. It's the tree in the garden. You know what I mean? Thinking about when we talk about, you know, addressing our nutrition from a point of caring for ourselves and our bodies, thinking about what we can add in instead of what we have to take out. So if that means like, gosh, I know I don't really eat a lot of vegetables. I'm going to challenge myself to have two full servings of vegetables every day. And that doesn't mean I have to replace my French fries or my potatoes or my ice cream. I can still eat that stuff, but I can add in more nutrition to help sustain my body in a better way. I can look at my drinking habits, what my water intake looks like. How can I drink more water? It doesn't have to be about diet and restriction and taking away and letting go and then measuring and tracking by seeing how much you weigh because your body won't necessarily change in size with you know improved health behaviors. We can try to force it by over-exercising and under-eating, but in the long term, that is not healthy. So we just really have to start learning how to remove our bodies from the equation in regards to what they look like when we're talking about getting healthier, getting stronger, feeling better. It might be that the healthiest version of ourselves is the size 12 version and not the size six version we've been fighting to get to for our entire adult life. And that is a mind screw for some people because it's like, wait, <laughs> like we automatically think the smaller version of me is the healthier version. And it might not be, it's not that for everyone. So making peace with that, working with a professional. Sometimes it's just too much to take on on your own, but making peace with that, recognizing how diet culture has steered your goals and desires and making some, you know, cognizant steps toward like moving in a different direction. Um, and it's, it's a process and everybody has a different hangup and a different issue along the way, but you know, we can get there with enough effort and attention to, to the process. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I love, I love about the restriction part because it's true. Like whenever you tell your body or your mind, like, I can't have that. You instantly want it, you know, like, Oh, I would love it. So just (laughs) yeah, right. Right. You just instantly want it. And so paying attention to that. The other thing too, that I love is that you're giving us permission. Cause I I do believe in healthcare, we are held to a different type of standard because we're in the healthcare field. And that it comes from a place of like, regardless of the specialty, because you are this person mm-hmm. and because you're talking about this, then you have to be perfect, yeah. right? Because you cannot give medical advice or you cannot talk about a care plan or you cannot tell me to do something and then for you not to do it yourself compared to what I love about this conversation is regardless of us being in healthcare, regardless of the specialty that we work in, we're people yeah. at the end of the day and we all combating like the same vices and we're all up against the same things that our patients and clients are up against because we're human Mm -hmm. right and so I there was a particular provider that I worked with who there was so much things that were happening um where they ended up actually committing suicide you know and it wasn't right and it, it was from the mental part of it so the pie that you're talking about, you know, so going into the room with patients, giving the right advice or what's considered the right advice and and telling them exactly what they need to do in their own life wasn't, you know, like they weren't in check. And so I think that that's what we face every single day in so many different ways. And because we do take on this extraordinary amount of energy from others, giving ourselves permission to just we don't have to be perfect. It is okay. It is okay to let our guard down. It's okay to give us the help that we need and to recognize that there's some work that we need to do inside and out. And the version of being healthy, it has nothing to do with the outside, but more to do with on the inside. And if we get the inside right, mm-hmm. the outside is going to look exactly the way that it that should, it should. Yep. you know, regardless of the size. Yep. And that's, that's the part people have to make peace with. And also mm-hmm. I just like to point out that we're all, you know, perfectionism is a thing. And so many of us, I lived my whole life under the guise of perfectionism. The issue with it is it's a moving goalpost because perfection doesn't actually exist. So there's no actual, it's mm-hmm. not like a marathon where, you know, there's a finish line with perfection is it's pretend it's a mirage. It's a facade. Belief. <laughs> it's all mm-hmm. made up. So when you set your sights on that, just know that you're, you're looking at a moving target and it's always going to change based on what so-and-so mm-hmm. says, what the new trend is and bodies. It'll never be the same because it doesn't actually exist. So when you give up the search for perfection, then you can free yourself, like truly liberate yourself from these restrictive ideas and practices and behaviors, because you know, like that's not even a thing. Like it's not even a thing to be Mm -hmm. perfect. You'll never get it. So what are we doing? Can we improve ourselves? Of course. Can we be better? Can we be more consistent with certain things? You know, of course, beautiful things to work on. But if you finally just release this idea of perfectionism, you can like live free and enjoy the places that you are along the journey and recognizing that progress mm-hmm. in anything is never going to be linear. It's always going to be this. <laughs> so if you know yep. it's coming, it's less, you know, less of a shock to your system when it's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not doing as much as I used to do. But, you know, next month I might be doing more than I used to do. It's we just have to make peace with the journey. And it's really hard when you are super goal oriented, super high achieving, super high stress, used to being the leader and in charge and setting the example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just give yourself the freedom and peace to say, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that part. 
Right. I'm good. Mic drop. <laughs> I am good. <laughs> yeah. So Lisa, thank you so much. This conversation was amazing. I appreciate you. And I know it was just, it's just very powerful. It was powerful for me listening to you. And I know it's going to be definitely powerful, powerful for those who are listening in. Um, so tell me, so tell them and tell me, I know where to find you, but tell them where they, where they, Thank you. No, I truly enjoyed our conversation as well. Very excited. We finally got to do this. Um, I live on Instagram. That's my second home. So you can follow me on Instagram at Healthy Fit. Uh, Fit is spelled P-H-I-T. So Healthy Fit. And then my website is healthyfit.com. I am on the Peanut app for moms. So if you're a mom, I host a group there. I do uh, bi-weekly pods, which is basically like an audio-only podcast mm-hmm. talking about things related to motherhood, self-care, body image. And I have a body image journal that's actually available on Amazon right now. It's twenty four ninety nine, mm-hmm. um, And it's basically a 30-day affirmational journal. There's a, an affirmation and then some space for you to write and think about how you can apply that affirmation to your journey on becoming, you know, kinder to yourself and more at peace with your body. So those are the primary ways to connect with me. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. And we'll make sure that all of that information is in the show notes, especially with the journal and everything else too. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it empowers you as the CEO of your practice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share the message and leave a review. If you want more information and support in growing and scaling your practice, click the link in the show notes to take advantage of our free resources or apply to work with me directly. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.